Welcome back to another episode of Red Flags and Rosé. We're so excited that you guys are back. I'm Kaylee. And I'm Megan. And this week, we're going to get into some kind of deep mental health stuff. But before we do that, we're going to kind of catch up on how our weeks went. So, yeah. what have you been up to this week? Um, This week has been okay. I have a couple of exciting things going on, but... I don't want to share those just yet, mm-hmm. just in case it doesn't happen. Um, um, positive manifestation. Yes, We're true. speaking we just into talked the reality. About that last week, yep, you're right. We did. So um, it'll happen, but we'll share the news yes. when it's confirmed. Um, second, <laughs> I told Kaylee I had a story for her. I can't wait. Because <laughs> so I think I talked to you all last week about how I went to the lady doctor. Yes. Um, and you know, well, it'll be the week before because we have another episode to post. Yes. Or was that in the, it was the last. Yeah. Okay. It's either in two or three, you know, whatever. Anyways, I went to the lady doctor, a handful of you will know how that feels. Um, so she's in there doing her thing. So, you know, you don't get the test results for like a couple days. Right. Okay. So I get a notification on my phone. Says you have important health information on your my chart or whatever. So I oh, go yeah. and I look at it, and the first thing that pops up, stop, is um, a section for the medical term for chlamydia and the medical term for gonorrhea. So <laughs> I bet <laughs> your stomach was in your butthole. It was because like, I was like. First of all, I didn't ask them to do an STD check well, at all. Well, they typically... Yeah. I didn't know that because it's never happened before. Yeah. Anyways, good news. It's negative, both of them. But I had to call because I was like, yo. Yeah. What I, was wrong with me yeah. to make you think that I needed that to be checked? And they were just like, oh, well, it's standard now. We have to do it. And I was just like, well, that's never happened before. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyways, I almost had a heart attack. And I thought I was going to have to give my husband bad news that he cheated on me. And I didn't. You're going to deliver the bad news to him that he's a cheater. It's like, okay, I don't know how to break this to you. Because it didn't come from me. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to break this to you, but you have gonorrhea. And what the fuck? Like, what in the goddamn fuck? What in the fresh fuck? Excuse me, sir. Um, But other than that, everything's good. My pap came back normal. Good. (laughs) I need to schedule my appointment for my annual. But I remember her, you know, um, before my breakup when things were like, it was really good. It was the the year prior to the breakup. And she's like, you know, you need to get your second Gardasil shot. And I'm Mm -hmm. like... Or no, it was my first. She's like, you need to get the Gardasil shot. She's like, it prevents cancer. Like, you know, there's so many different types that it prevents. Mm-hmm. And um, you just need to do it. And I'm like, well, if I'm not going to have another sexual partner, then I'm good, right? And she's like, yeah, but if you guys ever break up, you know. it. And this was before they extended the age range uh-huh. up. So I was a year out from it being like too late at this point. Yes. For me to even start. Like 26, 25. It was like 27, I think 26, 27 at that point. And she's like, you're really close to, you know, not being able to get it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you never know what could happen. And I'm, of course, head over heels. And I'm like, oh, whatever. <laughs> well, the month before we broke up, I ended up getting the shot, which thank God. But, yeah, and she did the same thing with the STD check. She's like, I will, no matter how monogamous you feel like your relationship is, be doing an STD check every time you have a pap smear because it's your health. She's like, you never know. Mm -hmm. As much as you trust your partner, like, you don't know for sure. And so we will be doing. And also, you have to think, if you guys... You know, let's say you do get married really quick or, like, you don't know them for that long and get married. You could have chlamydia from six months ago that pops up. Yikes. And you haven't been with another sexual partner. Mm-hmm. But that's where that gray area comes in where you're like, 
Well, I got to fucking trust it? them. <laughs> you know, I have to trust that they, this is actually from six months ago. Mm-hmm. It's fucked. But it anyways. Is. But just so you know, ladies, they do those checks for you now. <laughs> yeah. Even if you don't ask. Because yeah. I thought they got confused because the only thing I did ask them to check was if I had a UTI. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they took that and ran with it. No. That's a completely different test. Yeah, but I just think it's becoming standard because STDs are like so common, which is exactly why the streets aren't for me anymore. I just <laughs> can't be caught out in them, and especially because men just can't even like randoms, especially yeah. one night stands are nine times out of ten not making you orgasm. And I will be fucking damned if at the ripe age of 27, I get herpes from a man that's not making me come. And I mean, I don't want herpes (laughs) from a man that's making me come anyways. Like, (laughs) but if I didn't have an orgasm from the sex that I get herpes during, my God, I would be distraught. I would be absolutely distraught. (laughs) And you just don't know who's messing with it these days, honestly. But you know that? Brings me to another point. Mm-hmm. So at work, we like get on these tangents sometimes with a couple Understandable. people. <laughs> and we started talking about um, one of the people we work with, their spouse is a biologist and talking about like SCDs and, mm-hmm. and all that shit. But not really. We were talking about incest. God damn. Um, biologically, truly... It's not a bad thing. It's not. It is not seen biologically, like scientifically, as a bad thing. It only became bad because of social, like society. Isn't that fucked up? But I don't understand that, though. I don't Because either. people actually, like, if you go to, like, you know, the mountains of Kentucky, even yeah, in Appalachia, blue, bro. like, there... There's a lot of defects. So I don't know that I've completely believed that. And plus, like, the Habsburg jaw. Have you seen that? Where I think it's, like, the Spanish family. Like, they're... They wanted to keep their blood, like, quote-unquote, pure. So they only bred within the family. And it got so bad. Like, their family tree was a wreath. Okay? I'm not kidding. (laughs) Like... No branches. There's no branches. It literally was, like... um, uncles were marrying their niece and shit like it was crazy but then it gets down to like i think it's it was like prince philip or i cannot remember and i'm not going to google this right now but he they call it the habsburg jaw because it protrudes like this but he oh. yeah he was so fucked from incest it his parents it would have been uh, i think they said comparable to a brother and sister having sex with each other because the blood was so just yes. mixed at that point. That's what I thought, too. But his heart was fucked up. They said he had his... Oh, my God. His uh, autopsy was just a roast, basically. Like, they said he had one testicle that was, like, so small and black. Like, his heart was the size of a pea. Like, his brain was almost all water. Like, they were roasting the fuck out of him. But basically, he was not a functioning human, and he couldn't procreate Mm -hmm. because he was so fucked up from the incest. So I'm guessing they mean, like, a touch of it where it's, like, far, far out. And it's not like you're just, like, mother-loving over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I'm safe and healthy. How was your week? <laughs> <laughs> you got to get back on track here. Um, I had a really good week. Um, I actually did stick firm to my boundaries this week. Okay. And it felt really, like, anxiety-inducing, but good. Mm-hmm. Um, because... One, um, this paycheck's going to be small because I was leaving work when I should have been and going in later um, just to kind of set the perimeter mm-hmm. around it where they start expecting me to be there for my job and not like the extra. Mm-hmm. And then we got hit with a snow and ice storm um, Thursday going into Friday, and I felt like I would have been in danger driving mm-hmm. and... Typically, the old me would have said, oh, well, they're expecting me. I'm going to go. But I set the boundary and was like, I don't feel safe. I'm not going. Mm -hmm. 
And so I didn't. And then they asked me if I would consider coming in when it was light outside later, <laughs> even though the temperature was not going to like go above 20 mm-hmm. and not melt the ice or snow. Uh, and I said no. So it felt good. And proud of you. Thank you. I just felt like, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot more things to make sure that I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's paying off. Yep. Majorly already. I can tell. My breakouts on my face are like minimal now. <laughs> and I mean, I do have like a nice skincare routine, but it's like I can feel mm-hmm. just my whole body just relaxing. Yeah. Because I'm finally like less concerned with extra things and more well, focused on me. And I think too, just putting your energy where you want it to go rather than and where, where it's appreciated. somebody else would want you to put it. Yeah. Makes exactly. you feel a little bit better too, you know? And also it's like what we've been talking about where it's like we were so traumatized by certain things when we were young that we start anticipating other people's needs mm-hmm. and putting ours to the side. And it's getting ahead of that, recognizing it and stopping it from happening where you're just like, this is not to my benefit at all, and I need to make someone else uncomfortable for a second. Yeah, because we, I think we talked about that mm-hmm. this week, whether it was, I know you had a conversation with your mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. That went really well. Yeah, and it was out of nowhere, too. Mm-hmm. So it was one of the days where it was, um, and it's funny that we had this, the ice storm because it was the warmest day we've had in a long time. Like what, a day before? Literally like a yeah. day or two before. It was um, almost 60 degrees. And so I was like, okay, I need to get my dog and take him for a walk. And so I called her and I was like, hey, can me and Kyrie come up to work and walk around with you? And she said, sure. So we were walking around and I was talking to her about a few things. But it was really when we were about to wrap up with the walk and she was going to go back into work that I started talking to her like about my dad and her relationship has been difficult and Mm -hmm. just about how she needs to kind of set boundaries around herself that Mm -hmm. she never has to protect herself from um, not necessarily him Mm -hmm. but the things that she's enabled him to do because really he's putty in her hands and that's what I Mm -hmm. told her I'm like this man is so in love and obsessed with you and it's codependent. It's very toxic. Yeah. But like if you talked to him about things, he mm-hmm. would change for you. And it's a matter of you yeah. just doing it instead of um, shutting down. And now this came about and it was a very nice transition into the conversation because mm-hmm. You and I had seen a TikTok uh, about this woman talking about the martyr tendency. Yes. And we had talked about this in a previous episode because we have issues with the martyr tendency. Yeah. And I'm having a hard time getting out of it. Like, I'm slowly realizing that I do it, but then I'm still, I have a hard time pulling myself back. Yeah. And just so you all know, the martyr tendency is when you. Um, here or like you Just want give an example. You want someone to do something for you. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, you ask them if they'll have the dishes put away by the time you're home. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the time constraints kind of fucked up, anyways, because as long as they do it that day, like shouldn't mm-hmm. matter. But like you expect it to be done because when someone asks you to do something, you do it immediately. Mm-hmm. But say you asked Austin to do something for you. But because he didn't do it immediately, he -hmm. didn't do it the right way, he was doing something before he did the task you asked him, Mm -hmm. you begin to do said task. And then you either either (laughs) say, I'll just do it myself, Uh or you're thinking, I'll just do it myself, like if you can't handle it. And so what we realized is that that is something we struggle with because it was something that was taught to us growing mm-hmm. up. And now I brought this up to her and I said, I don't want you to feel like I'm attacking you because I struggle with it too. But I've come to realize that I struggle with it because you demonstrated this for me mm-hmm. growing up. 
And I was like, I am trying to recognize and heal a lot of the trauma that I experienced as a child. And by no means do I believe that you traumatized me purposefully Mm -hmm. or did anything, you know, to harm me. Mm -hmm. But I want to talk to you about these things so that I can heal and understand why things happened the way they did. And then you can heal that part of you too, because there's a reason why you acted that way. Yeah. And she was so warm and receptive. And she was like, I would hope that you would want to talk to me about anything. Mm -hmm. And now anybody that knows my mom and me know that we're very close. But like I said in a past episode, she does not know me Mm -hmm. as me. She knows me as the watered down version. So I told her that. I was like, you know, I know you love me. So I'm not saying you don't. But I do fear that if you knew every part of me, you would not love that mm-hmm. at all because I've been a watered down version of myself. And um, it hurt her to hear that. Yeah. And it was so nice to hear her say that she wanted to know me. She's like, I don't want you to feel that way. Well, and I don't think any parent really doesn't not want to know their child. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when they're like faced with that, we're like, oh, well, we don't tell you everything, you know, like, what's the reason? Why do you think we don't tell you everything? Yeah. You know, but I'm really glad that she was able to be receptive to it Mm -hmm. enough to realize that there's no blame put on her. Yeah, absolutely. But there was also like, there's a way to do it better. Yeah, and from now on, you know. We me and you talked about this after the conversation where we're like okay, it helps so much in your healing when your parents are accepting mm-hmm. that they did wrong. They're not making excuses. Mm-hmm. And if they are, it's the excuse of my parents did this mm-hmm. to me and I yeah. thought I was doing better. Yeah. Which we're going to talk about a little bit later. We um, going to get into it. Um, well, I'm going to wrap up about the conversation oh, then we'll, but essentially I told her about the podcast because I really was fearful that she was going to find out through someone else, you know, yeah. what I'm talking about, what I'm being open about. She was going to listen and hear this part of me and be mm-hmm. horrified. Yeah. Um, and I told her, I was like, I would prefer that you don't listen to it because I am very <laughs> open about things that I would never talk to a parent about, period. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do want you to know, like, I'm talking about mental health and sex and relationships and we're doing really well and it's helping me a lot. Like, mm-hmm. I'm very excited about this. And she was just basically saying that she was really proud of me and that she wants to support me no matter what that means. Yeah. And I had told her that I'm planning on living my life the way that I want to from here out Mm -hmm. instead of in a way that makes them proud and it it may make them proud regardless but I'm going to start living my life instead of figuring out how to live a life that they didn't get to live Mm -hmm. and make them proud yeah um I have not had a conversation with my parents yet (laughs) well I don't know if they will listen to this. I mean, they might, but I think there's still some healing that I'm also doing before I go to my mom. Cause there's been a couple of times where we have tried even like not even by myself, but with my sisters and it's kind of receptive, but also kind of excuses. Defensive. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, just like we tell people, like, if you're not ready to face yourself or therapy or, you know, learn more about yourself, you're going to get defensive when people are like, hey, this is how you made me feel. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what I went through. Um, and if they don't see it that way and they don't believe that's what happened, they're... But that's a real reality that you have to accept before the conversation. Is. Yeah. And that's hard, too, to realize that you can only say something for you. Mm -hmm. Like, you can never do something and get upset with the way that the person reacts, what they say, or anything, because 
that would be like someone limiting you on your response Mm -hmm. or expecting something of you that you can't give them because it's not a genuine feeling. Yeah. And so it's just tough because you, you don't know what you're going into this and what you're going to get out of it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's fear provoking. Like you, you don't want to do it because you're like, okay, this could fuck up our relationship. But the whole thing is your relationship is built on fear and trauma right now. Mm -hmm. And it could be healed in a way that heals you further yeah. than you even know is possible. Yeah. But preparing yourself and getting to a point where you are okay no matter the outcome. Mm-hmm. And again, we're talking about this too, detaching from the outcome yeah. because you have yourself. Yeah. You are reparenting your inner child and you don't need your parents anymore if they aren't going to be receptive and loving towards you. Mm-hmm. And once you're at that point... I just waltzed into the conversation with my mom because I felt like it was time. Yeah. And you will always feel that way. Yeah. Um, so me, you want to get into the yeah, section? Yeah. So me and Kaylee are very big <laughs> um, girls got to eat fans. Yes. We are actually going to go to their live show in May. Mm-hmm. Um, in Indy. Yes. So excited. So I don't know if hopefully there's some other fans of theirs on here that listen to us too. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't. Definitely check them out because they have some really good um, input stories, you know. So um, this past week, they talked about kind of healing the inner child, um, growth, you know, stuff like that. And they had Rachel Lindsay on from The Bachelor. Yes. Slash Bachelorette. Um, I don't quite remember which one she was on. She was on Nick's season, which oh, the, was a while the Vile okay. Files. Yes. Great podcast, too. Nick is amazing, mm-hmm. and he's had so much growth since he's been a part of The Bachelor. Love him like most so of them much. Do. And he is Honestly. so hot. <laughs> I, but the thing is, I didn't think that he was until yeah. I listened to him mm-hmm. and his mind, just the way that it, it works and the yes. advice he gives. I'm like, this is a grown man like he's Mm -hmm. so healed but anyways she was on his season okay and then she became the bachelorette yes that's what it was what's funny is my ex and i actually watched rachel's season and he accidentally fell in love with the bachelor and it became our (laughs) thing like he was watching it and he's like this is kind of dumb but then Mm -hmm. i'd come home from work and he's like isn't tonight like the night that you know and so we started watching the bachelorette and it was her season we started watching both especially when we lived like with roommates and stuff Mm -hmm. the boys would make um charts um for for drinking games (laughs) so like if someone kissed somebody they would do so many drinks if someone cried if someone you know stupid shit but that's how they got through it but they watched it with us no they enjoyed it and remember when we watched love island yes they're obsessed they freaked out they loved love island so much they would not get up they would not get up when we were like watching it or if we paused it like they were sitting there waiting it was so funny off track but this happened actually last night i started watching the pam and tommy show on hulu there's been so much shit about that on tiktok first of all I didn't know that shit was real. Like, I mean, I knew of Pamela Anderson and stuff, but, like, I really read their story. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a true it's fucking fucked. story. Um, But I asked Austin last night. I said, hey, I really want to start the show. Um, Do you want to watch it with me? He was like, no, I'm watching the videos on my phone. Ugh. I said, okay. He tuned in, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> Literally, he watched, like, the first five minutes. He paused his phone, and I didn't say anything, and mm-hmm. he just kept watching it with me. And I was like, hey, do you want to turn your phone off and we can just watch it together? And he was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And he like yeah. acted like he was going to turn over. Yeah. And then he kept watching it. And then we watched something this morning, you know, whatever. Well, but he's hooked. There was like a whole thing. Um, I don't know if you watched Hello Teffy at all. No. She's uh, she used to be on InStyle. Okay. And she makes a bunch of like series on TikTok. She's kind of like I wouldn't say a gossip columnist kind of thing, but she talks about celebrity news and like I love her. She's so funny and she goes into like 
very good mental health chats sometimes. Mm-hmm. But she got really big off of the series that she does. She'll go in like deep dive, like 30 part series on like Amanda Bynes had one. She had oh. one on Angelina and Brad. She did one on Jennifer and Brad. She so many, but she did one on Pam and Tommy mm-hmm. because of the series. And then Brittany Ferlin, who was big on Vine, and I never liked her. I'm so sorry if she gets a hold of this because I'm sure she'll bully me too with her big following. But like she just always seemed like a pick me. Uh-huh. And she used to like that. She's mutual follows with Teffy, mm-hmm. and she would comment on the video series before. But she's married to Tommy Lee now. Ooh. And she made a video saying that she didn't appreciate Teffy coming for someone that she doesn't even know the situation about and all of this stuff. He when, wrote a fucking memoir the, about that, it. But that's what the show is that's based off of. What, that's where Teffy got her information. Was from his yes. biography. Yes. Yes. So literally his autobiography was where she got all of her information. But <laughs> someone who was a fan of past things she's done, like none of it was loaded. She's not sitting here saying, fuck Tommy. Yeah. But anyways, it, there was this whole like thing where people were sending Teffy death threats and stuff because of Britney like, and all that. But I mean, all Jesus. I saw, and it's probably because I follow Teffy, was all the support for mm-hmm. Teffy in Britney's comments. They're like, all she's doing is what he approved of. Like, he yeah. was hyped about the show coming out. Yeah. So, anyways, we're all the way off track. Hold on, hold on. Let's keep going, though, real quick. We got time. We have to talk about it. If you don't, I don't know if you're going to have time to watch the show. Mm-hmm. But I'm this, so bad about watching things by myself. But this has to go with like this and Euphoria. It's not really giving anything away mm-hmm. except for I'm trying to figure out because they show a lot of penis in both okay. the shows. Well, I've not watched. Okay. Either. So, first penis in Euphoria is one, is one of the dads. Is the dad. Um, oh, I it saw was it. huge. I saw that. Right? Yeah. Okay. It was a prosthetic. All right. Well, yeah. And it can pee. They typically you know, whatever. But it doesn't make sense to me because so in Pam and Tommy, the guy who plays Tommy, which is Bucky from like Marvel, the Marvel series, stuff like that. Very hot. Not as Tommy, though. Um, they gave him a prosthetic penis. And I mean, like they show it a lot. But literally, when you read the story about it, it's a mold of his own penis. So I'm like, why not just show what is the difference? Why you mean not like just show- it's a mold of the guy that's playing? Yes, it is a mold of his penis, and they just made it a prosthetic. And apparently, it was the same thing with the Euphoria guy. Hmm. So I'm like, what? Yet they'll show boobs and. You know what yeah, I mean? That is weird, but I bet it's to control erections. I'm not kidding. I mean, that's true. I'm not kidding. Yeah, that's true. I feel like when it's constricted like that, you're probably, or you might be into that. They might find a new kink. Shit. I, like, <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I've seen those videos. <laughs> they have like the cage on them, oh, or like yeah, the, the like ball torture. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, but yeah, I guess that would be my theory. We can look it up. But I'm mm-hmm. sure somebody weird to me. knows. That is really weird. But y'all got to watch it. It's pretty good. I think I'm like episode, I just started episode four. Okay. So it's been good so far and you learn a lot. All so right. Well, maybe at the top of the show we can start doing like TV or movie recs and stuff. Girl, you know I got you on those. Yeah, you do. That's all I do. But you, you already know <laughs> I don't. I don't watch anything. I just send you clips. I have like TikTok recs if y'all need <laughs> That's all my ADHD brain can handle after a day of work. All right. So anyways, back to Rachel, Rachel Lindsay. Lindsay. <laughs> we're, we're back to she, where we originated here. She wrote a book. Yes. Um, and that's really what the whole episode was based around. Yeah. The Girls Gotta Eat was going over what her book was, which yeah. sounds like it's a collection of essays is what she kept referring to it as. So not as much chapters, yeah. but essays. And yeah. I like that. It was kind of like her journaling, mm-hmm. um, and some of the stuff that, like, me, I think Kaylee related to her a little bit more, um, but I think we both related to her, especially on the front where she talked about, um, like Kaylee said, living her life for herself, 
she had the pen and paper. She had the check boxes. I'm going to graduate high school. I'm going to do this. I'm going to become a lawyer. I'm going to mm-hmm. graduate college. I'm going to get this get job. Married get married at this age. Get, have kids. Yeah. You know, she... She had a checklist for what she was looking for in a partner. Like, down literally. to the race, down to, like, yes. the everything. Um, so, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if she said it was because of The Bachelor or it was before The Bachelor and The Bachelorette that she was just, like... Because I think she was married before. She was engaged. She was not married. Um, she was engaged to her, like, five-year boyfriend. Out of college, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. They started dating, I think she said, when she was 25. And so until she was about 29 or 30. Yes. And then they were engaged and broke up. Because she said that that was just a part of her checklist, essentially. Like, she was just trying to fulfill other people's dreams, and she was not actually happy Yeah. with him, you know? Or with the relationship, which I can definitely agree with that. I was going to say, you really... Been there. Yeah. You relate to that. Um, but it's more on the front of, like, she realized how toxic that relationship was yeah. after she exited it. Yes. Whereas you knew in the midst. Yes. Also, for those who don't know, if you're new to the podcast, mm-hmm. um, I was engaged prior about a year before I'm at Austin or a couple or six months. Girl, it was know. crazy. It, the way that your life worked out with that <laughs> was insane because yes. y'all, I had to talk her through this um, for so long. We talked and we talked and we talked about what was best for her, what she needed to do, how she needed to let people down because they had the expectations of her. Mm-hmm. And then finally... One day, she just texted me and said, I did it. And I was like, hold on. <laughs> did you you did what? <laughs> Whose body are we hiding? What did you do? And she was like, no, I, I broke off the engagement. Like, mm-hmm. And she had this whole game plan that she just laid out. And then her and her sister moved in together. And Megan totally, I'd probably be letting you tell it. But I think from my perspective, it was so inspiring to see you leave a relationship that you grew up in. Mm-hmm. You literally grew up with this person. You left the relationship, became completely independent, mm-hmm. and then you were going to the gym all of the time. You were finding your own hobbies. You were making time for things that you weren't before. You started to realize you knew that it wasn't good for you, but you didn't know how damaging mm-hmm. it was to your mental health to be in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and I can probably say the same for him, to be honest. I mean, I feel like it wasn't good for either of you. I no. mean, this is not to make him seem like he's some shithead. Like he, no, he's not. He's a good guy, yeah. but you all were not right for each other. No. And she legitimately was fine. Like, from the day they broke up, you were... That's s- terrible, you were gr- No, you were grieving it for so long, though. You were grieving the death of this relationship for so long that it was like it was a release mm-hmm. once you were alone. And then she was by herself for a while, started dating a little bit, and then boom. Like it literally, you had one season of the year by yourself. Mm-hmm. And then in comes Austin. In what, late January, early February? Oh my God, early February. Yeah. And it, we just knew. Mm -hmm. We knew when when you guys started hanging out, we're like, well, this is the fit Mm -hmm. that you had been looking for the whole time. Yeah. And not to that's say just we don't from the outside now. looking in, but well, you know, I'm all, just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say everybody's gonna have their issues, <laughs> but like it's the better issues where it's like working out things with your best friend, yeah, instead of someone that you're like, okay, I have to make this work because I've been with you since I was 14. Yeah, don't have to do that. Yeah, precisely. No, and I kind of like want to make things work. If that makes sense. Like, I don't have yeah. the mentality that some people do in relationships where, like, take it or leave it or, you mm-hmm. know, like... Like, you're like, no, this is what I want. Yeah. I know for a fact that I would be, like, devastated if anything ever happened. 
Yeah. And that it, would but that's the way that you should feel, though. Yeah. When you're with someone that you love so much, yeah. it should devastate you to think about life without them. Mm-hmm. But you know that you would eventually be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's part of yeah. also healing. But, I mean, this is all to say, like, we relate so much to every part of Rachel's story, though. Mm-hmm. You more, I think, with, like, the college and stuff like that. Because, like, I was there for a little bit, and then I was like, fuck this. Like, I mm-hmm. don't care. Um, I knew college was not for me. And I tried and tried and tried and tried. And I was only doing it for my parents. I mean, me too. Mainly my mom. Yeah. You know, but you had your goals. You knew what you wanted to do. Um, But you can get into where you really related to her with the virginity. (laughs) Yeah. So she talked about... How when she I absolutely loved this. Yeah. When she talked about it. When she talked about being younger and her parents didn't talk to her about sex, the connection. Yeah. They talked to her about sex, the reproduction. Yes. And so. And abstinence. Yes. The only key thing they taught her was abstinence. And they put a poster up. <laughs> And told her, like, this is, you know, these are the parts. This is how it works. Mm -hmm. This is how you get pregnant. Mm -hmm. But they didn't tell her about the connection that you feel with someone when you have sex. They didn't tell her about, you know, the way that people make you feel, Mm -hmm. why you're feeling that way. Yeah. Nothing. And I related so much. Kind of the beautiful part of sex, too. Well, the reason why you want the connection to be with someone special. Yeah. And honestly, I feel like if parents made sex seem special like that, Mm -hmm. it would be something that you wanted to share with someone special. Yeah. But because you're told not to do it and they kind of shelter it away. run to it, bro. Yeah. When they shelter it away from you, you're like, but I want to know what this is like. Curious, George. Yeah. That was me. Yeah, that was me too. (laughs) And then like she had a purity ring. I did too. Mm -hmm. I felt so much guilt with my sexual thoughts because I had a purity ring. I was pure. I needed Mm -hmm. to you know, maintain that about myself. And so, you know, I was a virgin all through high school. Yeah, but that goes down to your friends too, bro. Because I had a hard time until, really until, like, me and you got closer at, like, the end of high school until you, like, went to college. But, like, I was way more advanced. Um, I mean, not really. Kind of. But, like... You know, with sex in high school and stuff, but friends too, they're like, they make it so taboo, even though I know they're fucking doing it too, but they didn't want to talk about it. They're like, they keep it a secret, you know? I really had the opposite experience with the sex, masturbation. Oh, yeah. People still don't want to talk about yeah. it. People do not, you're the probably only friend I've had that will openly discuss that with me Mm -hmm. we can talk about what type of porn we want to watch we can talk about toys we can talk about anything and i think that's so much of why we wanted to do this podcast too because we want people to stop making your body natural things that you're doing in Mm -hmm. your life seem like they're like impure but they wouldn't talk about the personal side of things but my friends this was why i struggled so much in high school was because they were all having sex. Mm-hmm. I was the only one of my friends that wasn't having sex. And this kind of weaponized my body mm-hmm. for me, where I'm like, I have to do this. Yeah. Like, I have you felt so much pressure. to have sex now because I'm the only one. And people would make fun of me because all I would listen to is R&B music and sex music. And they're like, it's so funny that you're listening to all of this sexual stuff, but like, you're not having sex. And I'm like, obviously, I probably I probably would have had sex sooner if I wasn't involved with someone that was older. Mm-hmm. But for context purposes here, I was in love with my brother's best friend, who's four years older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started really talking when I was 14. And then we started dating when I was 16, and he was 20. And then we really started dating when I, he was 21 and I was 17. And then it came to a halt. But, like, I never had sex with him. Mm-hmm. Probably would have happened sooner if I was with someone my age. Yeah. But I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So 
long story short, Rachel lost her virginity when she was 20. I lost mine when I was 19 Mm -hmm. to someone who didn't care about me Mm -hmm. at all. And honestly, this only worsened my daddy issues um, because shortly thereafter, he ghosted me. And I'm talking about like just, you know, it fizzled out. Like he moved away, joined frat, and blocked me. Mm -hmm. And I to this day, have not felt that abandoned. Because mm-hmm. um, I lost my I lost my identity to this man. Mm-hmm. My identity was being the virgin. Mm-hmm. So it took a long time to kind of heal from that. But I really related to her on like how sex was just not taught to me properly. My parents mm-hmm. never, ever, ever, ever had a talk about what sex was, what sex created what the bond was nothing there was no speaking of sex in the household yeah but i think that was in most households it's just like you don't you don't talk about it or if you do it's like what rachel Lindsay went through and it was just reproductive here's a penis here's a vagina the birds and the bees do that pretty much and then like you know she also said that she confronted her mom about that talk, you know, and she was like, I wish you would have done more. I wish you would have done this. And her mom was just like, I thought I was doing really good by you by putting the poster up because at, in her house, when she grew up, nothing. She knew nothing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but so I, think I think that think goes for most things with parents. It does. They, they always, always think feel they're like doing they're better. Doing right. Yeah. Um, so that makes me scared for myself because I'm like, woo, what if I don't do better? <laughs> yeah, but the, that's the, the thing that kind of gives you grace mm-hmm. in healing from your trauma from your parents is realizing, and I feel like, I, I think I said this before on here, they're humans having a human experience mm-hmm. and having to come home and parent on top mm-hmm. of that. And you have to think about your very worst day and you're coming home and you don't even want to exist. And then you have to like have these conversations Mm -hmm. and bring this tiny human up. And so when you start to realize that they are going through so many different emotions and traumas themselves, Mm -hmm. (laughs) they do feel like they're doing the best that they can. And it gives you that grace. Yeah. Sometimes. Oh, well, it's, but it's hard. It is. It's very hard because some things you'll never understand. No. And you don't But also, I don't feel that way right now, like even going through some stuff. But I also think I, we don't have like a 100% perfect relationship, but I think it was better than what my parents had at the time. Um, so I don't come home angry like I don't come Mm -hmm. home like sometimes I'll just be like oh I'm fucking tired you know yeah but like when I see Maisie I'm like that's it that's all I don't know yeah you know it actually like makes me happy well that kind of reminds me of the TikTok that I sent you earlier Mm -hmm. and I sent it to her in text message Because I was like, for emphasis, I'm not just sending this to you in the app, but it was about this woman who was making a video of her and her son cleaning the playroom, Mm -hmm. and she captured this very intimate moment where he kind of stumbled at first over his words, Mm -hmm. and then he vocalized that he felt like he didn't get very much special time with her anymore. And how good that he can vocalize those emotions mm-hmm. at a young age. I mean, he couldn't have been more than three or four. Probably around like four. Maybe five at the max, but mm-hmm. it, he was young and he was able to verbalize. And I was like, can you imagine if our parents had used this gentle parenting, which yeah. I know is kind of controversial for some reason. Well, and she just immediately stops what she's doing and mm-hmm. like pulls him in for a hug and like explains to him like I know I have your baby brother now it's different it's different you know I'm sorry you feel this way or that I've made you feel this yes. way you she know she accepted all this stuff. it yeah. she accepted that it's her fault and 
Yeah, I cried. She kind of game planned how they'll fix it to him. Mm-hmm. And these are core memories for him. You know, like he might be too young to even have his first like real memory yet, but these are building blocks for how he will communicate the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. And we both cried because it's almost like you're grieving the child in you. Like you're grieving that part of you that did not get that parenting Mm -hmm. because even still today, I don't know emotions I'm feeling immediately. No. I'm like trying to identify. I'm trying to identify, yeah. like, am I sad? Am I angry? Mm-hmm. And I used to get pissed at my mom because she would say, under that anger, there's a different emotion. She never taught me the other ones. <laughs> Bitch, which one? I would get fucking angry. Oh, I know. I would actually get, like, enraged because I'm like, I don't know what you mean because you, like, and I didn't know this back then. I didn't know why I was angry at her. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like... I don't know because you didn't fucking teach me. Mm-hmm. Like, you didn't tell me there was more than happy, sad, angry. Mm-hmm. Those were the three fucking options in my head. Yeah. And that's exactly why people have anger issues. Because they don't know how to communicate. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, how much different would our life be mm-hmm. if at 27 and 28 we aren't having to fucking figure it out yeah. and reparent ourselves? Yeah. I agree. Um, but like talking about the grieving yourself, um, I actually saw a video, a TikTok about this girl. She listened to a song, um, that said that it always reminded her of like past stuff, you know, and just kind of grieving her past selves. Um, I didn't really relate to the song as much. But I related to what she said about grieving your past selves because that it's kind of hard because this that's when people think back and they're like, oh, my God, I miss my high school self. You know, me, not so much. But, you know, you still grieve that part of you. And then grieving my early 20s. Like... I'm not someone that can go out and get fucked up all the time and have fun and do whatever I want to do, you know? And then now in my life, I'm grieving the single me and the non-mother, you know, like who I was before, but that's not who I am anymore. And I think that's, I have a hard time with that. I think I talked to you about that. So I think that's where my postpartum depression came about uh, really bad was just how to identify myself as just a mom or just a wife, you know, and I'm slowly getting back to living my life for me while also trying to be the best version of myself for them individually, like, and together. Um, so I related to that a lot and it's not easy and I cry sometimes, but yeah, I think everyone goes through it. No, we all go through that. And I think what's difficult and I can't imagine how you feel because I feel like I am finally figuring out who I am Mm -hmm. now because for so much of my life, And we've talked about that, too. I didn't have hobbies or interests or anything outside of the people around me because Mm -hmm. I grew up tiptoeing and making sure that everybody else was happy and that I was doing what felt right, what felt like the next right step. Mm -hmm. But it was only because it felt like it was my parents' next step. And so I've spent so long that when I finally sat down and was, like, alone... Mm -hmm living by myself. Yeah. Coming home from work. I don't have anything. I don't I don't have an interest that I'm wanting to pursue. Mm-hmm. I don't have a set career in mind. I don't have anything that truly made me happy. Mm-hmm. And so part of, you know, figuring out who I am has been spending that time alone and loving that And being like, okay, what makes me happy today? Mm -hmm. You know, and also living in a cleaner space. 
has helped that too, because I'm not mm-hmm. constantly cluttered with the thought of, okay, I need to straighten the laundry room next. Yeah. I need to clean the living room next. I need to reorganize. Mm-hmm. I can actually have a weekend where I'm like, okay, I really want to read a book or I really yeah. want to do this thing. And so mm-hmm. I can't imagine the grief that you do feel on top of the postpartum mm-hmm. setting in and becoming a new mom and a new wife and just so many life changes mm-hmm. and you're don't you don't even have yourself figured out no you know as an individual like who am i what makes me happy and then you are now parenting mm-hmm. you know and i can't imagine because I'm so thankful that I'm single right now while I'm figuring these things out because I don't have to explain Mm -hmm. these parts of me that are developing to anybody really. Yeah. And I'm lucky that except me. Well, I'm just kidding. But you love, you love the changes I'm implementing and I'm, I wouldn't say lucky, but I'm happy that the person I am interested in is patient Mm -hmm. and sees me Mm -hmm. because and I will tell you all, it is so nice to have a partner, um, and he's technically not my partner, but before him, even my ex, that took time and understood that I needed time to process mm-hmm. and figure out what I need to say and my emotions and everything. I get that vocal paralysis that I just need time. Mm-hmm. And so like when I had that time I needed to confront the guy I've been talking to about my feelings and stuff I told him I'm like you got you have to give me a second Mm -hmm. because I don't really know how to tell you what I need to tell you and so he walked me through and he's like he gave me a couple minutes and then he said okay what does this have to do with Mm -hmm. so we nailed down the subject and he's like okay who is the main feeling that you're having towards yeah we nailed that down and he's like okay now what is the feeling you're having Mm -hmm. and you know walking you through that and you're like fuck why is my partner having to parent me right now yeah and having to figure out all of this shit it's like so nice to have someone who cares enough but not everybody's lucky enough to have that no and i honestly did get lucky because like me and austin like austin supports literally anything that i want to do Obviously, funny thing about that. Tell them, <laughs> tell them about today. Just go ahead and so, throw that out there. Okay. <laughs> so we shared a reel, um, and it was a clip from one of our episodes that talked about Kaylee throwing away her vibrator, her bathtub vibrator. Okay. So Austin usually always kind of listens to our stuff, but this is the first day that he actually shared it. So we were sitting there at lunch and I'm like watching him watch it and he liked it. And I was like, you didn't even listen to it. And he was like, well, I'm not going to listen to it right here, right now. I was like, well, okay. You know? And then I saw that he was started to share it on his page. (laughs) And I was just like, are you sure you don't want to listen to that? He was like, no, it's fine. And I'm not going to be the one to tell him. I mean, no. So I get over here and tell Kaylee about it. And she was like, oh, did he finally listen to it when you got home? I said, no, I don't think the man's listened to it at all. He just posted that shit. Oh, God. But and that's I, support, bro. That's that blind is, support. That is blind support because he's trusting that we're not going to make him look dumb. But, I mean, honestly, this man has a reel of me talking about a vibrator. <laughs> On his Instagram story right now. I mean, yeah. But what's so funny to me is when I saw that he shared it, I did have a moment where I'm like, that's kind of weird that the one thing he shares from our podcast is this, but I'm going to take the support. It's fine. But um, He didn't listen to it. I can't wait to hear what he says to you when he like finally he probably forgot that he even posted it you're gonna get home and be like he never checks that shit either yeah you know i'm neurotic i check who like check the looks at my shit yeah yeah he does not look at all he just posts it he just posts that shit he does not care who sees it well (laughs) so everyone's gonna see it it's okay we want everyone (laughs) to see it anyways but i mean to go back to 
the things with Rachel. Were there anything else that was there anything else that she touched on that you kind of wanted to talk about? Um, I think it was really just the checklist thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, really, if you have anything to take away from this episode is like, go listen to that episode. <laughs> yeah. Go, go listen to that episode. Like she has a lot of stuff to say and we're probably not hitting everything. Um, but just living your life for yourself because there's no reason for you to have a checklist that someone else expects you to get done in your life because you're the Mm -hmm. boss of your own life but also the checklist that you make when you're 18 isn't gonna fit you at 21 it's not gonna fit you at 25 i'll tell you that i became a different human at 25 and i can tell you that at 27 a checklist I would have made for myself at 26 still isn't mm-hmm. doing it. No. So it's more of set your goals, but understand that you are not setting goals that are for the 40-year-old you to be still working towards. Mm-hmm. These goals are six months a year. Things to work towards. Unless you're investing. Yeah. Unless like you're investing, investing money. Yeah. That you know, makes sense. You know, bitch, we want to retire early. Yeah. No. Uh, there, and of course there's, <laughs> yeah, there's goals that you're needing to set that are long term. Yes. But we're talking about the things where, you know, you're setting these expectations for yourself and all you're doing is grieving. Yeah. The list that you're not checking yeah. off. And it's like, yes. You're grieving that mm-hmm. single version of you that didn't go out and didn't whatever. Mm-hmm. But I remember how much you hated that shit. You hated, hated hooking up with random people. You hated talking to multiple people. Mm-hmm. You hated going out. Mm-hmm. So it's like you're grieving the box that society has set for yeah. your 20s. Yeah. And then when you start to realize like, oh shit, that's all stuff that I don't even care about. Mm-hmm. You start to live a more fulfilling life. Yeah, fucking hated going out. But, I mean, <laughs> this is... A, it messed me up for a week, yo. It messed me up yeah. for a week. Even when I was younger, I could not bounce back. The thing is, that post-going out anxiety <laughs> is real. crippling. <laughs> crippling. First of all, the shakes... Which is just withdrawal. Let's let's be real about that. The shakes are withdrawal from alcohol. And then on top of that, you have to figure out what the fuck you did. You gotta worry about you everything. You gotta. Th- you're. I am analyzing the way that I laughed six months ago at a joke because it was too loud. So when I'm drunk, I'm sitting here thinking like, dear God, what the fuck did I do? One, what did I say? What did I do? And then you're just feeling anxious. I get the alcohol shits like nobody's business. I don't puke when I'm hungover. No. I am pooping shits. every three seconds. Yeah, same. And, I mean, for instance, the last time I really, really, really got fucked up was a <laughs> very traumatizing night for me. Mm-hmm. And I did things that sober me never would have done, first of all. But second of all, it ended in me getting assaulted. And I assaulted him, too, mm-hmm. because... I choked him. I didn't even fucking know. Mm-hmm. But you all saw it happen where, like, I got choked, but all that anybody else saw was me choking him. Wish after. there was so much of that went down. That night was That night was crazy. fucking wild. It was fucking wild. But guess what? It woke me up to <laughs> how I needed to reevaluate my relationship with alcohol mm-hmm. because I went from having such an abusive relationship with it in 2020 to being, like, I'll only do it every once in a while. But when I was doing it, I was binge drinking. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't just like having fun. I was getting yeah. fucked out of my mind mm-hmm. from the alcohol. So now it's like, I don't I don't even want to have mm. anything more than like a beer. Um, I haven't fucked up since my wedding and that was... Yeah, no, that was Woo. crazy, y'all. She was drinking straight out of the Gatorade, like, team cooler. We, <laughs> we were pouring made. that shit in there. <laughs> we made, like homemade our own like moonshine lemonade yes yeah and they were supposed to dilute the everclear no it didn't no it was pure green yeah yep and it was not diluted we were absolutely obliterated yeah she didn't even we got back to the little like yeah we had a whole plan farmhouse and she was passed out everyone had to get me undressed 
so funny, dude. We did. We got her naked, got her redressed, and put her to sleep. Yeah. And all of us were up for maybe an hour. Some shit went down after that. Well, then I woke up after everyone else went to sleep. Yep. And then there was a couple people out there doing some math problems. They were. Drunk as hell. The math teacher <laughs> is having them solve these math problems. All we woke up to when we were cleaning up the next day was just napkins. Equations. Napkins and equations all over him. It was such a weird night. This goes to say, like, you need to not have those check boxes for yourself where you're getting so upset that you're not completing these things when they don't even fit the life that you're currently living. Yeah. At all. But, I mean... And, like, in some cases, sometimes you have to worry, like, about people's feelings. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, like, if you've been dating for a while, but you know, like... This isn't for you. Put them in your mind. Yes. Keep those people in your mind as you're making decisions. But at the same time, if it's not for you, move on. Yeah. Like, don't hold yourself back because they'll be upset or you're worried about hurting their feelings. Like, if you know you're not meant to live in a certain place, fucking move. You Mm -hmm. know, if you hate your job, find another one. Quit. You know, life is too, it's too short. Yeah, and this goes back to what we always say to each other. What part am I playing in my own misery? Like, how much of a victim... Every part. (laughs) Yeah, how much of a victim (laughs) am I playing instead of Mm -hmm. the person that's literally the only one that can change anything? Like, why am I going to sit here and be upset about the success that other people are having when the only reason I'm not successful is because I'm not fucking doing anything to get myself there? Mm -hmm. Like, you can't be angry at the opportunities that are provided to people who are actually putting the work in. Yeah. Or if they're born into the money or whatever, it's just, that's just pure. It's just luck and chance. Like, God damn, what the fuck did blue Ivy do in her past life to have Beyonce and Jay-Z as her parents? She probably went through some turmoil. Yeah. God damn. And the universe was like, let me give you a break right quick. Yeah. I can only imagine. (laughs) Hopefully next lifetime I can manage to come back richer. But yeah, I truly think that so much of the shit that we have done wrong Mm -hmm. could have been done right if we would have realized sooner that um, healing mm-hmm. and looking at the ugly shit that you've gone through is the reason why you're making poor choices. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple quotes for you all to, mm-hmm. before we end the episode. So I'll let Kaylee go first. Well, mine is a poem Ooh. that I saw. Well, it's just a little I'm one. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, just a little poem I saw on TikTok that absolutely um, killed me. Um, to say the least. So it's in a book called Child of the Moon by Jessica Seaman. Um, and it's titled The Unconscious. Mm-hmm. And it says, when it finally hits you, you picked someone like your dad to heal what still bleeds. When it finally hits you, you're acting like your mom to release her guilt. Ooh. And that cut especially deep for me mm-hmm. because parts of that conversation that I probably will never share with the public with my mom, mm-hmm. um, I did realize that a lot of guilt is felt by her on how she raised me mm-hmm. and on how my relationships are with men. Mm-hmm. And she feels a lot of guilt for the wrong in my life. She does. But yeah, that actually cut me really deep and I had to take a deep breath because Mm -hmm. I was so hurt. But it's all part of healing. So anyways. Um, So mine is just from good old Insta. (laughs) One of the pages I follow for like some daily motivation. But it can hit deep because of what we're going through. So basically it says growth is uncomfortable because you've never been here before. You've never seen this version of you, so give yourself a little grace and breathe through it. It's hard. Yeah. Um, It's not going to be easy, 
but growth is good. If you're not uncomfortable, then you're not growing. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you haven't checked out our Instagram page, we shared some good habits to form um, that have to do with good growth and positivity, setting boundaries. Things that you all should go look at and uh, reshare on your page just to help your girls out. Yeah, so that's it for this week. Um, Don't forget to like, share with your friends, and rate us. Yeah, hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Instagram if you haven't already. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.